Hey guys, this is Gabe with Church and State. If you have been thinking about doing your own podcast and are interested in starting a podcast, we want to recommend Anchor. Here's why we use it. A couple of reasons. Number one, it is free, 100%, no cost. And they have creation tools that allow you to create podcasts even from your phone. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on big guys like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. So start making money with your podcast today. They've got everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Gabe Blomgren. And yes, once again, we have a guest that is not socially distanced with us, and this is a very specially not socially distanced guest. Caleb, would you be so kind to introduce the the most brilliant doctor I've ever met? Absolutely. Uh, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Simone Gold with us. Now, she is a scientist, a physician, and a lawyer. Apparently, uh, she has a lot of free time. Yes, uh, but and she she received she received it at twenty three. She was done. You, yeah, I'm still racking my brain how you finished med school at twenty three. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let me just say, thank you so much, Dr. Gold, for joining us on Church and State. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So, Gabe, you had that question, so why don't we just go ahead and, and uh, get an answer to that? Yeah, so you started at 15? <laughs> I started, I left high school at 16, and then I graduated college in three years, and I started medical school at 23. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I started medical school at 19 and finished at 23. Yes, that, there, <laughs> there we go. She finished at 23. So, what what this serves to do actually is there's a lot of people that anytime you take a controversial stand on something that the science is saying is settled they call you a quack and so you know all of these degrees that you have all of these letters that you have behind your name just goes to prove that you are not indeed a quack so my communications director says quack only has five letters, but I actually have nine initials after my name. I've got like M D J D F A B E M. I'm most definitely not a quack. <laughs> Indeed. So you made a name for yourself when you decided to get on camera with uh, numerous other doctors, and you started to question the status quo, and you started to push an agenda that COVID, or sorry, SARS CoV two is not as dangerous or as deadly as everyone said that it was, and that there were medications that you could take that most doctors were saying, this is not the cure. In fact, this is rather dangerous. Right. So I'm a board-certified practicing emergency physician on the front lines when SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 kind of hit the American shores. So I was seeing the patients up close you know, and personal. And it was very obvious that hydroxychloroquine worked. Back then, we also knew ivermectin worked, but I was using hydroxychloroquine. 
although the media was telling you and everyone that there was no early treatment, it was patently false. Not only did I personally see it work, and I knew many other physicians who had, there was accumulating scientific data that it worked. The early data from France, early data even from China, and later on data from all over the world, there's now more than 250 studies, show that early treatment works. So I was in the camp of doctors who said, let's help the patients in front of us. And because so many people were not helping patients in front of them, we decided to organize and get together and speak the truth. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that is the primary responsibility of any doctor. Right. So one of the tragedies of 2020 is that everything has been backwards and upside down. Of course, a patient, uh, of course, a doctor should help a patient. We actually have the government of the United States of America telling its people that there's nothing you can do unless you're sick enough to be hospitalized requiring oxygen. This is a lie. In other countries, non-Western countries, they're handing out ivermectin. They're handing out hydroxychloroquine. The patients in those countries do much better than the patients in Western nations. Wow. Dr. Simone, to my knowledge, has an, an epidemic even like as big, you know, arguably – uh, we've seen hantavirus, we've seen all these other Ebola virus you spoke. If you've been around Ebola virus, that's very, very intense level virus. Has there ever been a situation where the CDC and WHO was directly telling doctors how to treat their parent, uh, their, their patients? We've never seen a situation like this. This is, in fact, the third respiratory virus from China in the past 25 years. From my perspective as an ER physician, the government needed to back off and just let doctors and nurses be doctors and nurses. The tragedy has been the political interference in the practice of medicine. Well, it's so typical of any time government interferes in the free market. And yes, medicine should be a free market. That's how we're going to be more productive. That's how the uh, the free market's going to in- engage in the system and actually allow for the best and the brightest to actually emerge and rise to the top. That's that's the nature of it. We saw this very clearly in individual physicians' reactions to the news. So, pay- doctors who were somewhat independent of an employee of an employer were much more accepting of the non-party line. So at America's Frontline Doctors, we have an overabundance of physicians who either own their own clinic or manage their own clinic or at some degree of independence. It was the doctors and the pharmacists who were you know, um, widgets in the corporate hierarchy that were obstructing patients' access to life-saving medications. Wow. It's sad to me that, that, that Americans, you know, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA that we, we treasure freedom. You know, this found this this nation was founded on liberty, and within liberty is is virtue. It's wrapped into it, and our founding fathers understood that. And you can see the comparison between what occurred in America and what occurred in France when you remove virtue from any type of a revolution. And I would submit to you that there is nothing virtuous about mandating any type of experimental medical treatment. Right. So one of the things, you know, we went public in July saying that there's a safe early treatment, cheap, generic, it's widely available, it's been FDA approved for 65 years, it's been used billions of times across the planet with that problem. It's actually safer than Tylenol, safer than Motrin, safer than aspirin. And so we're being told by the media and even by the government that you should not take this stuff, it's dangerous. Now they they try to say it's just not effective, which is not true. But at the same time, these same people are saying that there's a brand new experimental agent that is definitely safe. And this belies common sense. How can you say something for 65 years is not safe? Something for six months or four months, really, is safe. Obviously, that's incorrect. 
I love how you say it's an experimental drug. You've, you, do, you, do you know if you could tell us Pfizer and these other, uh, I think Merrick, they, when are they, I don't know, I'm not going to hold you this, but it's not even until 2022, some yeah, of them. You can hold me to this. So okay. the Pfizer and Moderna, um, uh, they're in investigational stages only. This is right on the FDA website. You can look up, and we put it on America's Frontline Doctors website too. You can see the paperwork. So they're in trials, Moderna until October 2022 and Pfizer until January 23. Until then, they're just in trials. So we don't use the word experimental lightly. We're using it because that's scientifically that's literally and legally the accurate. Word. It's currently in investigational stages only. That's its status. Wow. Now, I notice uh, as you sit next to me that you are not wearing a mask. And so I, I wanted to get your opinion here on are there any health benefits to wearing a mask in, in regards to this virus? Right. So I'm so glad you asked that. So it's not my opinion. The fact is that there's no benefit to wearing a mask. How do we know that? It's, it's, we have to learn how to recognize propaganda in real time. And one of the most effective ways to do that is to look at the data that existed on the ground prior to the alleged controversy. So starting in March 2020, we started hearing a lot about masks. So I submit to you, what did the data say from the scientific journals about surgical masks prior to March 2020? There was never a pretense that a surgical mask would keep out a virus. The SARS-CoV-2 virus is 0.1 micron in size. That is one one-thousandth the size of a hair. There's pores in a surgical mask are at least 200 times that size. So wearing a mask is related and it's analogous to throwing sand at a chain link fence and hoping that the chain link fence will keep out the sand. Wow. It's simply irrelevant. But Dr. Gold, we can wear three masks and a face right. shield and maybe right. that'll help. Right. So what the masks do, they can block respiratory droplets, which are much larger and the SARS-CoV-2 virus particle could be sitting on respiratory droplets. So you could stop that. But all the other SARS-CoV-2 virus is going to go right through. It'll go right through two, three, five, or ten masks. But wouldn't also the respiratory droplets, if they're stuck on your mask, and now yeah, there's the risk, uh, and you look at what people do when, when they're wearing masks, they're constantly touching their face, constantly oh, touching the mask. So what, what I want to share is that the, the problem for the average American is that the media is not allowing the truth to come out. In normal times, you would hear both sides, two sides of things, and then people would make up their own mind. The American public is literally not hearing the other side. Part of that is due to media corruption, and part of it, I'm sorry to say, is actually due to scientific corruption. There is data to show that masks don't work. There's an abundance of data. We actually have it on our website, prior studies. But there was a study that came out last year called the Danish Mask Study, which actually put this question to rest. What you may not know is that the authors of the Danish Mask Study had a very difficult time getting that journal article published. They were being blocked in the scientific arena from even bringing the data to the to the public. It's really quite tragic. So, so, you, so you mean they were being shut down and propagandized? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> so I suspect you're not a fan of the science is settled. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want Amer the science. The science is actually very settled, that hydroxychloroquine is completely safe and that it works. The problem is that nobody's allowed to hear that information. <laughs> right. Which I did testify to you, and I've testified, I believe, on air that I, myself, took hydroxychloroquine. Why? Um, I was telling you, I, I love scuba diving and free diving, and I could hold my breath for up to three minutes. And I, I after day three of, of losing my sense of smell, I began to notice, and Caleb and I are both EMTs, we deal all the time with blood O2 sats, and I definitely know when my O2 sats are down. I felt a little bit dizzy, and I was taking deep breaths and getting anxious. And I knew because of our show, we had showed my mom, who's uh, she's at risk, how to buy hydroxychloroquine from a, a supplier in Canada, which on Church and State, we taught people how to do this. 
And sure enough, my mom had it. And I said, after day three of starting to get anxious, I'm like, I would like to take some. And I told you, doctor, in two hours, I felt my, o- and I measured my O2 sats. I, I have a uh, little, little, maybe you have actually, a pulse, ox. pulse oximeter. And my O2 sats were, were definitely improved in two hours. So what I want to say is that old joke, you know, the wife comes home, she sees her husband in bed with another woman, and he looks up and he says, honey, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you must be a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> He's definitely been accused of that a time or two. I got to say as well, Gabe, not on this episode, but perhaps in a future one, I'm going to hold you to that and we're going to test and see if you can do three minutes. We will. Absolutely. <laughs> so Dr. Gold, uh, one of the other things, you know, I, I just recently flew back from Wisconsin and, you know, I think the tyranny that is the medical tyranny, I should say, that's, that's coming to America is, is more prevalent in airlines and airports than anywhere else. And if and I make the joke that I fly angry because, you know, the TSA and, fly and angry. the, the, the mass, you're everything. already grump, grumpy as it is, but oh, he am gets, I? well, you, you, you go on a whole new level at airports and I appreciate <laughs> that in you. But what I want to talk about is, there is, uh, in, in fact, a lot of nations around the world, Israel in particular, is really kind of leading the way on this. But vaccine passports are, they are going to be in our future in America. Right. So this is um, the legal crisis that we face. As you know, I'm a physician, but I'm also an attorney, and I'm very concerned about the legal crisis. I want to clarify before I say these remarks that I'm Jewish, and what I've seen going on in Israel is utterly heartbreaking. I cannot believe that Israel is leading the world in what I consider a crime against humanity. Israel is essentially forcing all of her citizens to be vaccinated. And by forcing, I don't mean that they're tying people down with a gun to their head, but they are barred now from participating in normal society. For example, you need to be vaccinated before you can go into a synagogue or to go into you know, a public event. They're, they're tracked very heavily. They're called incessantly by their doctors and nurses to get the vaccine. It's very difficult to refuse. And what bothers me so much about this is that we know that it's in experimental stages only. Pfizer's CEO, the only vaccine they have in Israel is Pfizer because Pfizer made a deal with Israel. The Pfizer CEO went public and said that Israel is its laboratory. So Israel has provided its citizens, um, they're providing the data that Pfizer needs really to complete the experiments Israel is a very organized healthcare system. I understand why Pfizer wanted to use it. What I don't understand is why Israel complied. We know that Israel paid over market rates to get early premium access to the vaccine. And we know that Pfizer intends to build a plant in Israel. And we know that Pfizer intends to try to sell this every year to the public. So I say to you that on the ashes of the Holocaust, just two generations after the Nuremberg trials, why is Israel leading the world? this crime against humanity, which is mandating experimental medications on its citizens. It's a shame, and I don't believe that God is going to look favorably upon this situation. How how quickly we forget. Uh, You know, you you bring up the Holocaust here, and the Jewish people were experimented on by the Nazis in all sorts of just disgusting uh, medical practices. She mentioned Dr. Mengele in her speech, which I just want to stay on this thread, but I you really need to hear she spoke at our church and her speech was brilliant she she talked about the horrific things that dr mangala did and justified through science so keep going so due to the nazis doing horrific scientific experiments after that the world looked in horror and 
one of the things they did was the Nuremberg trials, which was try to hold to account the scientists and doctors who did these horrific things. From the Nuremberg trials developed something called the Nuremberg Code. And the Nuremberg Code says you cannot experiment on human beings without their consent, and it must be utterly voluntary. There could be no coercion, no duress, no element of force whatsoever. The Nuremberg Code then was um, affirmed in something later called Helsinki, uh, the Helsinki Code. And then really all civilized nations now use that standard. In the United States, we have federal statutes that require complete informed consent, complete voluntary status for anything experimental. What I want to share with all of the listeners is that these vaccines are currently in experimental status only. It absolutely cannot be mandated. It's against federal law and it's against all international law and against all moral, medical ethics and decency. And and fear is not a virtue. And, And why, you know, not just as Americans, but as a world, why have we allowed government who clearly throughout the world, clearly does not have our best interests at heart. Why are we allowing them to dictate this, to to put us in this perpetual state of fear that we would allow them to experiment not only on us, but on our children as well? So our founding fathers well knew that fear was an excellent way to control people. You know, epidemics are not new to the 20th or 21st century, right? There have been epidemics throughout human history. So there was actually an epidemic in 1735, right, several decades before our, our country was founded, They well knew of this, our founding fathers. This is why they separated powers so aggressively between the executive and the legislative and the judicial branches. When there's an emergency, it's common for the executive branch to take too much power. The best emergency to control the people is fear, and really the best type of fear is a medical situation because it makes people feel helpless. They they can't, for example, as compared to war, they can't volunteer for a cause or they can't help. And it also makes them vulnerable to, quote, expert authority, Our founding fathers well knew of the threat of fear, epidemics, and that's why we have a Bill of Rights to stop the government from taking too much power during a time of fear. As Gabe would put it, you are speaking my love language. I love the Constitution. I love the Bill of Rights. And, you know, it's interesting because you got to tip your hat to the globalists, uh, to these these leftists, because this state of fear that they have put us in, they've realized that taking uh, the idea of war – and moving it from a nation, an individual nation, to an idea, right? The war on terror, the war on COVID right now. These are enemies that you, you can't yeah. look across the borders. You can't look across the ocean and say, that is our enemy. It's the Nazis. we got to go beat them. Right. No, this is just an idea or an ideology, right? Feeding into the paranoia. Absolutely. Which the kingdom of heaven and you and I, uh, Caleb, we, we are constantly studying and seeing. And I just got to say to a lot of Christians out there, <clears throat> excuse me, if Jesus was willing to touch a leper on his face, John, in, in the chapter, speaking in front of the Sanhedrin, all the Jewish officials, all the leaders, all the current priests, he literally in front of them, so they all eyes could see, he touches the most unclean man, which Levitically, it was so wrong for him to touch a man with leprosy because it's extremely, it's a horrendous disease and it's so contagious, makes honestly, any COVID thing looked like a joke. But Jesus reached out, touches his face, and instantly he's healed. Do you think, doctor, that Jesus would wear a mask if he's not afraid of leprosy? <laughs> I don't think he would subject himself to be subordinate to anything but God. 
absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I want to do uh, is I want to talk about solutions because it's it's fine and dandy to talk about all of the issues uh, that are going on in the world. In fact, we could spend the entire interview and well right. beyond that talking about all of the issues. But solutions is really where it's at. And as an, as an employee of the John Birch Society, I'm obsessed with this idea of solutions. As I look at your website here, and it's americasfrontlinedoctors.org for our audience, but I love that you have an action alerts and you have you scroll down on this and it's issue briefs vaccine bill of rights civil liberties and stop medical discrimination so in the remaining time i'd like for you to really talk about solutions there's a couple of things the average person can do right now one sign the petition stop medical discrimination stop medical discrimination.org or also on our website we intend to take all of those signatures and use that as one of our tools in negotiations with policy leaders and decision makers, specifically the airline industry, because the airline executives, if they get together and they decide that everyone has to be vaccinated, human freedom, as far as I'm concerned, is through. Another thing that's very, again, we have on our website action alerts and issue briefs. There are things you can do to contact your congresspeople. But I'm quite pessimistic about our government system certainly at the federal level. I think it's important to be involved locally to try to, you know, control the school boards a bit. However, I think the average person needs to do two things. They need to pull their children out of the public school system for two reasons. One is they're teaching the children poison, but the other is the tax dollars follow the child. And one thing that would be very good to come out of this is to bankrupt the public school system. The public school system has revealed itself to not be at all in the child's best interest. Putting aside the content that they're teaching, which is pretty bad, in my area, Los Angeles Unified School District, they, they've held the children hostage to claims like, you know, defund the police. What does that have to do with children in school? You need to pull your children out of the school system. You need to stop donating to universities. And you need to start seriously thinking about pulling any discretionary income you have out of the control of the federal government. You need to start exploring things like offshore banking or cryptocurrency. I'm certainly not an expert in this. I just want to raise the awareness that you can no longer assume that your assets are going to be safe under the federal government. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the John Birch Society currently has an agenda item of freedom is the cure. And Gabe and I have been heavily involved in this, and we've had mass demonstrations throughout Spokane uh, pushing this, you know, this pushing back against a mask mandate. And, and our audience, I'm sure, understands the difference between a mandate and an actual law. <laughs> and I know you do as well. Go ahead. I, I just want to add, because on that mask thing and things that call to action, so americasfrontlinedoctors.org is putting up in the next week or two weeks a legal resources section. We want to support any person who wants to bring a law case about the mask. You are not allowed to require somebody to wear a mask if they have a disability, right? Americans with Disability Act is federal law that trumps any mask regulation done at the local level. So we want to encourage and support with the science and the law behind that. Go to americasfrontlinedoctors.org if you're interested in pursuing litigation on mask issues or being forced to take a vaccine. Absolutely. I just want to mention at her website also, you have uh, options as far as learning about COVID-19 treatment availability. A lot of you, you have legitimate fears. um, Those of you who are higher in age. um, So she's had, she has options here. Can you also tell about this book? Because I think a lot of us feel under equipped who don't have the level of education that you have. So tell, tell about this book that you have. I, I want to be really clear that you don't need to be a doctor and a lawyer to recognize what's happening. What you need to have is an ability to think critically about the problems that are in front of you. I wrote this little book last year. It's called I Do Not Consent. And I wrote it specifically to teach people how to think critically so they can recognize propaganda when it's coming at them. It's true that the virus is one one thousandth the size of a hair. But you ought to be able to arrive at the conclusion you don't need a mask without knowing that fact. The way to do that is written in the book, which teaches you how to recognize propaganda. The book you can buy on the website. That's fantastic. And for our audience, uh, you know, I always say, 
that I'm exempt. I, I walk in everywhere, grocery stores, it doesn't matter, and I never wear a mask. And when they say, sir, you need a mask, I tell them I'm exempt. Now, I never lie. I just say I'm exempt. And my exemption is this. It's the Constitution. This is my exemption yes. that goes against any of your mandates because you have not followed the law, which is this Constitution. The governor or the executive branch, whatever it may be, does not have the authority to legislate. That is very clear in our Constitution. And I'll back that the very rights that are derived from that document are succinct from this document, which is built on the foundation of the ancient Torah that was memorized by youth at the age of 13. So how far we have fallen, that we have lost our own liberties because of a lack of education. So I, I, I want to ask you to talk a little bit. I think the slam dunk is the VAERS website, having the proof there. A lot of people are, are so head over heels about the vaccine, but I, I, I raise concern that it, every single week it's updated. Can you tell our listeners about that? Because it, it, the proof is right there. The VAERS website is a database set up by the government in 1986. You are supposed doctors and nurses and are supposed to report any adverse events. We know that they're reporting probably less than 1% from prior years. We've known that. However, it's the best early warning sign we have of any vaccine events, you know, that might show a trend towards something. So all vaccines are put in here, influenza and, and all of them, including COVID. So when you look at the numbers of persons who've gotten COVID and the number of persons who've had adverse events related in time to getting the vaccine, you can get some information. You could compare that to, for example, influenza. We're not saying that correlation is causation, but it's certainly the best early warning sign we have. So what do we know? As of this morning, it's updated every Friday, there have been 1,123, something like that, 1,125, 1,123 deaths related in time to receiving the COVID-19 vaccine out of about, I think, 50 or 60 million dosages. Let's compare that to influenza. There have been about 15 deaths related in time to influenza vaccine out of about 150 million dosages. That means that getting the COVID-19 vaccine is more than 100 times likely to be related to death than getting the influenza vaccine. And I submit to you, again, correlation is not causation, but it's the best early warning system we have. You cannot discount this data without throwing out VARES completely. And we've been using VARES for 35 years. I'd like to know why the journalists are not reporting this, why the scientists are not reporting this. Every listener who's hearing my voice can do this themselves right now. It takes five minutes, VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, dot gov, you can check these numbers for yourself. It's alarming. I'm very concerned about the deaths piling up. And, and as we should be, and, and especially as we're looking in, in, these tales are coming out uh, few and far between. And, and I, I believe that there are a lot more of them and that they are being suppressed. And perhaps that is the bigger issue here. It's not necessarily that this vaccine can maim or kill you. It's that it's being suppressed by mainstream media, by the talking heads, by the politicians. Why are they suppressing truth? Right. So you're exactly correct. We don't know yet what the science is going to show, but why are we not discussing it? It's very alarming. Um, you know, I, I know the data is being suppressed. I know this for certain. You know, it seems as though some people are turning positive when they get the vaccine and then they're calling those COVID deaths, right? But we, we've seen that a lot. How dare you? You literally, you take the virus and they accuse you of being COVID positive. It, it, it is horrific. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Gold, we've got about a minute 30 left here, so I wanted to make sure that you had the last uh, minute here to have any closing statements. Make sure to plug your book again as well as your website. 
I just want to say that um, we see the world going in the future towards more of a parallel society of people who are on team reality, which is us versus people on team fantasy. If you're in team reality and you need those tools and information, resources to live a happier, more productive, successful life, americasfrontlinedoctors.org, we've got the information for you. We've got resources. We're bringing, like I said, legal resources to help people legally fight um, in their own backyards, and also the medical resources. If you need early treatment, early medication, we can set you up with a telemedicine physician because I know your own physician may not help you. That's what we're there for. We're here to help you not just with medical, but really all information going forward. There's no censorship. We're going to be starting a news division, actually, and just wow. bring you un- unvarnished news. Yeah, it's exciting. Wow. Well, there's a scripture verse that comes to mind when I think of you. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 1 says, With the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion, a.k.a. you, Dr. Simone. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I I agree. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being bold enough to push back, even though you knew that there were going to be severe repercussions associated with it. I just want to say there really wasn't a choice. This all started because there was a patient in front of me who needed a medication, and my director said I couldn't give him that medicine, and I said she needs the medicine, and I'm a doctor. Mm. Wow, well, thank you again. All right. Church of State is brought to you in part by Covenant Church. Always remember the tree of liberty is most likely a birch. And with that, Church of State is out. God bless and hold fast to the Lord. And don't take the vaccine. If my people, which are called by my name, 